Hello and welcome to another episode of How Are You Holding Up? A mental health podcast by the depressed for the depressed. I'm Chris. And I'm Lindsay. And, as always, I want to ask Lindsay, how are you holding up? (laughs) You know, I'm really proud of myself because I did something really hard this week that was really scary for me. And it went well. And I felt really proud of myself. I'll probably get into that more later this episode. Samesies. Yeah. 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 Your coloring and your energy is very different today. Yeah. I'm still dead inside, but I feel more, (laughs) I don't know, a little more undead as opposed to just dead. So I'm, I'm Frankensteining it really good right now. Good. So I'll take that. But, uh, starting out, we wanted to thank all of you guys who reached out and like sent us emails and Instagram messages and all that good stuff. Yeah, it's, um, you know, we all know that we're not alone, technically, but getting the emails and hearing from you guys is, like, it just really... It's a breath of fresh air. Yeah, Yeah. it is. And it reminds us that, yes, in fact, we are doing something, not just for ourselves. We're not just throwing stuff out into the void. So thank you so much for... Um, and if you share us with other people or whatever, it's it's fantastic that we're getting so many comments and messages. Thank you. Yes. You don't feel so lonely. Thank you all so much. <laughs> Segwaying into our topic today, <laughs> we've got a topic today on baby steps. Yes, rewarding yourself and doing little things along the way to get out of the darkness. As those who listened in last week know, I was not in a good place. I was arguably in the lowest place that I've been in in months, maybe even years. Uh, I was basically uh, living day to day on a steady stream of Nothing. There was nothing propelling me from moving forward other than just pure lack of inertia. And when you're just kind of floating through space that way, you you it's not that you want to die, it's that, that you you're pretty sure you know what death feels like. Yeah. And it's that. So he was in a bad place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we wanted to because we know that we had some viewers viewers? Uh, listeners that were concerned. I was also really concerned. Um Chris and I were checking in with each other throughout the week. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that we were thinking would help would be if he went back to therapy. His therapist was on vacation, so we were trying to figure that out. But then um, some things happened that started to help. Yeah. Um, Slowly. I mean, one of the things that definitely helped out a bunch was... Um, I did, I did get a couple messages from folks really just checking in, making sure that I was okay. And I was like, yeah, no, and I am not. <laughs> so it was good that you were honest about that. Cause you're very uncomfortable mm-hmm. with, well, both of us, it feels uncomfortable when people are checking in on you. It's embarrassing. Almost. Yeah. Well, and also I don't want to be a burden, a burden to anybody, especially because I'm usually the one that people go to when they have their own mental health problems. So I can't, obviously, I can't have mental health problems. What are you talking about? I just host a podcast about having mental health problems. Um, So instead, I took that energy and really kind of focused on what, what matters to me. What, what are the things that I truly get passionate about and what are the things that uh, I put out there that uh, 
that helped me move on and kind of do all that good stuff. So I uh, I went on a date. <laughs> I I went on a date with somebody I met online and had fun. And we decided that uh, it just wasn't compatible. We just had a good time. And then we we went our separate ways. Now, this is a big thing for me because uh, I don't really... I don't really date. Mm-hmm. It's not a thing that I've been known to do. Um, I usually get into relationships. So uh, the idea of just like throwing myself out there open to the breeze and being comfortable in my uncomfort is not something I do well. Especially when I already think that like... I genuinely think that I'm going to show up at a date and the date is going to show up and just immediately turn around and walk away. So yeah, I, I, I have very, uh, very low expectations of myself. Did the advice that I gave you help at all? Yes. Yes, it did. So he, he was, uh, Chris was talking with me on Facebook messenger and he's like, you know, I don't, <laughs> you're mm. very aware. Like, I don't know if this is the right state of mind that I should be in when mm-hmm. I go on a date. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I think I and I had just said, you know, take the pressure out of it, take the rom- the romance out of it, and just see it as one of our human experiments. Like you're just going and you're just gonna try the human experience for an evening. <laughs> Don't you know? Just try to kind of get to know somebody, enjoy an evening. You may never talk again. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if that helped or if that was it. Absolutely did. Okay, good. Because <laughs> I, I I went into it with just I was just gonna go meet somebody for the first time and enjoy whatever experience has happened. I wasn't going to put weight on it. I wasn't going to force myself to be like, yes, I am on a romantic liaison with this person. Yeah. It's time for me to go and romance. (laughs) Uh, That's not a thing that happened. Instead, I was just like, yeah, let's just go. Yeah. So how did you reward yourself for that? Or was it a reward in itself, just getting it and doing it? I would say reward in itself. Yeah. Um, the biggest factor of it was me being anxiety ridden about, oh, I can't, I can't go on a date. Uh, they're going to see me for all my flaws and then they'll burn me at the stake. No, that wasn't, that wasn't what happened. I just faced those and I walked away afterwards going, oh, that wasn't so bad. Yeah. So we want to talk today, if we didn't already mention it, besides doing baby steps, also um, building yourself up and and rewarding yourself and the little, just the little things that you do to make a larger impact on yourself. When you are depressed, when you're not doing super great, when you feel like you're out of control of your emotional state or your well-being, um, sometimes you need to kind of rein it back in and know that you are in control of some things. Especially when you do take those those little opportunities mm-hmm. and instead of rewarding yourself for them, you just criticize yourself. Yeah. yeah. When you do something good, you shouldn't immediately go, well, you could have done better. Yeah, that's, so that, that's a big thing. So what, I think let's start with actually, I like the idea of starting with, um, in general, if you are new to all of this and depression and any mental health thing, the first thing to do is observe Mm-hmm. and observe how you talk to yourself mentally, mm-hmm. um, mentally, self-talk, observe your self-talk, observe what takes your energy, observe, um, how people treat you and what people expect of you in this time. So you can be 
extra aware of it. And, and I think that's a good reminder for all of us who have been doing this and trying to practice it and going to therapy, like reanalyze, hey, am I giving myself shit for everything? Because <laughs> I'm already depressed. And I already feel pretty terrible. So why am I telling myself these things? Serious self-talk is like, it's, it's, it's a problem. No, it's bad. <laughs> and if you're like me, I try to manage my expectations or my happy levels by telling myself, well, it's not, you're not going to feel this way forever. Or oh, there's still probably going to be some hitch. Some problem's going to come up. Something bad will happen. This isn't as great as you think it is. So mm-hmm. just let yourself be happy in the moment. Um, I think that's a big thing. But so ways to start recovery for both Chris and I, we've noticed that tried and true is starting up little routines. Yes. Um, for me, I have such a difficult time getting up in the morning that I usually will hit my snooze until I'm, <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, time to roll out, put on pants, go to work. That's it. I don't have to change anything. What are you talking about? But now I've set it up where it's like, no, 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 you got to do these things because I have scattered your necessities all around the house. You're not leaving until you do every one of these things. So like I've put my like I put my keys in the bathroom because I'm like you're going to wake up and you're gonna brush your teeth and you're gonna wash your face that's, that's it like you you can't leave this room <laughs> you can't leave this house without going into this room and going into this room you have no excuse for not doing these basic hygiene things for making yourself feel amazing going into the day yeah because I don't know if you guys are this way but I know for me personally Sometimes hygiene is one of the first things that kind of goes like, I'm going to skip brushing my teeth tonight. I don't mm-hmm. need to take a shower. It's been three days. Yeah. <laughs> Dry shampoo is your friend. <laughs> Dry shampoo is the best. <laughs> you shouldn't shampoo your hair that much anyway. Right? Yes. Yeah, some stupid health. There's a Google article that says you shouldn't shampoo your hair. <laughs> um, so routines. <laughs> so for me, in the, or do you have more? Oh, no. I mean, morning routine for me is now just like get up brush teeth, wash face, get dressed, grab a healthy snack, get out the door. Yes. Uh, With me, if I need to get up for work the next day, especially, I make sure that I have a big water bottle next to my bed because if I drink water the first thing in the morning, like even when I'm groggy, my eyes are all like glued shut. I can't go back to sleep if I've had like a big thing of cold water in my tummy. I just can't. It helps energize you. The science behind it. I I read it once. I was going to say, yeah, the the big bottle of water is also part of my routine that I... Hydrating in the morning. Because you dehydrate overnight. Um, So for me, I need evening routines because what I've done in the past, and I still do sometimes, and I can tell if I'm not doing well if I'm doing it, is I need um, time before sleep and after uh, video games. So at night I like to play video games or watch a movie or a show. Um, and it's really stimulating for your brain to be looking at a screen that's that colorful or that bright, especially if you're playing a video game that gets your heart pumping. Mm -hmm. So, so I used to just try to go to sleep after that. Like I'd play (laughs) until three in the morning and then I'd get this garbage night of sleep and you know, you wake up and the sun's are, it's, it's horrible. So Mm. what I tried to do is give myself the time to play the video games, but then set aside about an hour to two hours to take a bath mm-hmm. or a shower, um, do a facial routine. And it sounds silly. Cause it's like, Oh, self care. This is so like, you know, but it's worth it for me. I don't have children. I can, I have the time to do this. So, you know, putting lotion on my face and my under eyes, like putting on some peaceful music, maybe lighting a candle and 
sitting in the dark listening to an audiobook for a while until I get kind of sleepy and my imagination's kind of going and I'm cozy and I'm clean. That's like the, the best thing. Yes. Um, so my, for me, my night routine is the most important. Um, and when I start to really slip away from it is when I start to notice that it's, I'm not doing so hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I've started now where when I'm going to bed, I've got the, um, I've got those really cool Philips lights that can change colors and whatnot. Ooh. So I've got a little app that I have. So I've got my little, my quote unquote nightlight uses a app called Soundstorm where it, uh, it makes the colors like go from a, a, a range of mm-hmm. like light blue to dark blue in wave form. So I, I now am stimulating my, my eyes with blue, just like go to sleep lights that's interesting so i'm trying to kind of psychologically also just like no no yeah here are the colors that are going to make you sleepy the brain is interesting and i think for me because i don't like feeling out of control um i've tried and and i think it's psychology in general is interesting knowing that brains can be hypnotized knowing that you can manipulate other people's emotions etc which means you can do the same for yourself so it's just trying to find tricks Mm-hmm. that trigger certain responses in your mind, I think that are helpful. Um, and I think one of the things that you were saying is really good is giving yourself at least one thing to do every morning mm-hmm. and don't miss it. Um, yeah. If you guys been listening for a while, you know that I have a dog, Mojo, mm-hmm. and he is my emotional support animal. Um I've been in a living situation where it hasn't been working that he lives there. It was not that way when I moved in, um, and the roommate situation became incredibly toxic, mm-hmm. really painfully toxic, and it wasn't good for him to be there. They weren't keeping up health standards. They would, like, sew or whatever and leave needles on the ground. So for his safety, I've been leaving him at my mom's house, and I'm really thankful that she's been taking him. Um, and so it really fucked me up because every yeah. morning I would wake up, my dog would be there. Whether I wanted to or not, he had to go out potty. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to get dressed, go downstairs, go out. And I would usually fill up a water bottle and I'd walk around the block, send my sister a message, my sister who lives in another country, mm-hmm. while I'm walking my dog. And it and I didn't want to do it and I felt grouchy and I hated it. But I noticed a huge difference in my mood having to do that, having something to do, having... Being outside, moving, hydrating, yeah. it was important. And when I got, when that went away from me, I've really started struggling with um, stuff in general, with keeping up routines, and I would kind of just let things go. Yeah, no, I, uh... I, I found in the mornings that, uh, they were always the most difficult time for me. So mm-hmm. that, that it's why it became imperative that like, no, no, there is one thing, just one thing you have to do. If you can do that one thing, what's stopping you from doing two? What's stopping you from doing three? Building yourself up. Building yourself up over time. You've successfully done this for like a week. Yeah. Cool. Let's add one thing to it. Let's see how that goes for a week. Okay, you did that for a week. Now let's add one more. And just continuously until eventually you just are like, look, I'm already capable of doing these things. There's nothing really necessarily getting in my way other than myself. And it's when you have to kind of fight that Mm self-talk. It's just like, no, you suck. And you can go, hey, 
evidence contrary. Fuck yourself, me. <laughs> I know one of our listeners really liked that uh, we had a guest, Lindsay, who came mm-hmm. in to talk about um, physical problems and illnesses, chronic illnesses mm-hmm. and depression. And she had named her de- her depression, yes. <laughs> like the, the negative voice that's in your head. I, lo- I think that's also hilarious. Naming this other creature that, and it's wrong. Like mm-hmm. the thing is those emotions and feelings and the voice of you're never going to be happy or you don't deserve happiness. You're just a problem. You can't do this. Why are you even trying? That's all a lie and it's all wrong. No, it- that's true. A friend of mine has started uh, a system that um, she's in the process of kind of experimenting with it, but she she gave she gave it to me to try out, and I actually also really like it. It's we could do an episode on journaling at some point, but this is one of the things um, journaling with different colored pens <laughs> for different parts of your is this bullet journaling it's kind of like it i guess but like it's for every thought that you have when you know it's going to be negative you write it in red ink you know it's going to be positive it's going to be blue ink and then you can have a visual aid to see how you're actually for questions it would be like a yellow ink and yeah no that that is yeah so she i'm i'm gonna have her on eventually she the system that she's come up with is so freaking brilliant so one thing, so I know it's easy for us to sit here and like talk about doing routines and getting up and doing stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, creating this wonderful, happy life for yourself. But what if you just can't do some of this stuff right now and yeah. you just, it's, it's hard enough for you to even get out of bed and uh, wash your face in the morning. Like that, that in and of itself is exhausting for you. And it's just, you're really low right now. And then you hate yourself because you feel like I have everything. Why is everything so hard? And you get that really sick cycle of like the, it's in our perfection episode. You you feel like I should be living at hundred percent and I'm only at 25%. You gotta be okay with 25 sometimes. Like just be real with yourself that if you were to run at a, if you were to just like drive a car at max RPMs all the time, that car would fall apart. You can't do... It's the same with life. You cannot run your life full steam all the time. You're asking for trouble. And it's part of being human to be imperfect Mm -hmm. and sometimes unhappy. I don't think humans are meant to be happy all the time. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking at your life, and I think it's something in our... I've been watching some videos on this, the psychology of this generation and the generation after us of if you're not happy with where you are, then you need to change something. (laughs) And I think that's a lie sometimes. Mm -hmm. While yes, I do think that it can be an indicator that something needs to change. These are also just emotions and they can be fleeting. Mm -hmm. Um, So just being like, you know what, right now I'm unhappy. I've been happy before in this situation and I'm just not going to be emotionally great I'm not going to have the energy to do everything I want to today, but I'm going to do a couple of things. So like writing yourself a really small list and then celebrating yourself for doing that. Yes. Being happy with yourself for, God, you know what? Like I feel like death and I got out of bed and I put clothes on today and mm-hmm. I shower and I wash my face. I've been in that place where I felt like there were family members that were really disappointed in me and people who didn't understand why I wasn't just doing it. Why weren't you just doing it? Why aren't you just finishing college? Why aren't you just getting the job? Why aren't you, you're smart, you're pretty, you're funny. Why aren't you just doing it? 
And it was like, I don't know how to explain to you that there's nothing left in me. I don't have that. So um, sometimes being told like it's okay to not do everything and just to do a couple things and just mm-hmm. one or two things. And that is enough. That is enough. You are okay. It is part of observing yourself and your energy levels mm-hmm. is also knowing your limitations and your boundaries. You have to know how far you can push yourself before you start to break down. And you have to know what are things that you're just not going to be able to do right now. Yeah, and being okay with it and yeah. trying next time. And maybe you won't succeed, but you tried. So you tried. that's the other thing is being okay with failure. And that's a whole nother episode. Oh, yeah. No. But <laughs> so you might be new to depression or you might be a long-time depression sufferer, but you've never really tried to... I don't know, get on top of it, or you're just observing somebody else who's going through it and they've asked you for some advice. So we've come up with a couple things um, that we just wanted to mention. We already talked about uh, giving, just kind of taking a step back Mm -hmm. and observing yourself. Mm -hmm. Observe your energy level. Observe what takes more out of you than other things. Don't Just forget what everyone's told you that you should be able to do. Forget what everyone's actually doing around you and observe yourself. Observe the people you're with also, because mm-hmm. if you find yourself in an unknowingly toxic environment, that can be a whole can of worms in and of itself, really. Yeah. Because you will, if you start to become more aware of the people you surround yourself and how they make you feel, you could very well just <laughs> find exactly what's bothering you right there. Because you'll, you'll recognize unhealthy patterns. Yeah, a good example of that for me lately has been, I've, I'm, I think I'm mostly a depression sufferer. I've had really bad bouts of anxiety, and but I've been really lucky and blessed, I guess. Lately, I haven't had a lot of anxiety, or the last, I don't know, year and a half. Mm-hmm. And then... I started noticing that I was nauseous every morning and my hands would be clenched. And I noticed that my feet would hurt because my feet had been also clenched up all night. And I started realizing that I felt really anxious every time I came home. Every time I saw the light was on that my roommates were home. Every time I heard them come into the apartment, I couldn't have people over. Like the amount of anxiety grew and it grew and then it kind of fed into my depression and I started cutting myself off from people. So it really... You can tell yourself, no, it's fine, no, everything's fine, but if you just look and see that maybe I'm not like, oh, I'm going to live my entire life with anxiety, it's like, no, it was a situational anxiety, I'm living in a really bad situation for myself. Mm-hmm. So just because you're experiencing it doesn't necessarily mean that this is something that you are chemically um, going to suffer with for the rest of your life. Correct. Something else that you can be uh, doing, speaking of other people, is setting up a core support group. Yes. And this this core support group should be people that you don't necessarily need to lean on every day. You don't have to be a daily, like... This is not, like, necessarily your closest friends group. We're talking about a support core group for when some when you start going downhill depression wise or anxiety wise that you can message and be like hey i'm not doing super great so for me i just figured you know when i was told in therapy that you should have this i was like oh it'll be my my family mm-hmm. and my boyfriend and like you know like the, of course those are the people that support and love you not always the case though <laughs> because you have to remember that with your family at the very least 
there is a very good chance that they have a preconceived image of who you are. Or who you should be. Or who you should be. Or who you have been. Mm -hmm. And if you're not fitting any of those constraints, that could lead to some very judgmental or toxic relationships. It's the same with boyfriends, girlfriends. They have a romanticized ideal of who you are. That can be a recipe for disaster in and of itself. Best friends, you know, th this is in and of itself kind of a weird misnomer because, sure, you, you we may have some best friends in our lives, but how many of our best friends are going to be there through thick and thin? We like to believe that all of them. But sometimes some people just can't emotionally handle a down, downturn spiral. And the reason you want to have more than one is because you might have a best friend or a partner or a family member that can help, mm -hmm. but at that time they're also going through something Yes. or they have a family emergency. So I have a lot of friends and family who are having children who are married and I'm not married. I'm not married and I don't have children. So I don't have the same kind of time restraints that some people do. So if like I'm really depressed at 3 a.m., I'm not going to be able to call some of the people on my support list no. because they have children and that would be really selfish. That would be bad, yes. Yeah. And so, like, and even, like, oh, man, it's, it's rough because if you find somebody and they suddenly become unavailable and maybe maybe you just don't have people who you can contact all the time, sometimes at that point you just have to really reach out and find that professional that can help you as well. Yes. You, if you're, you know, coming to that place in your life, I think, I think personally, most people, if not everybody should have a therapist only because it's good to continue to grow as humans. And these are people who are trained in helping you get through things that you don't have mm -hmm. the tools to. So I, I know that there's some shame for some people or a stigma around getting a therapist that you're weak or whatever, but it really doesn't have anything to do with Especially that. Especially from families. Yeah. Families, if they find out you've gone to therapy, some of them, some of your family members could be like, what are you doing? You're throwing good money away or you don't need that crap and they don't believe in it. Well, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'd also just, I know this yes. is kind of like a side note. Um, if you do have children, I would just please ask that you do not go to younger children about your mental health. If you have children who are under the age, I would even say of like, you know, 19. Yeah. Don't go to your kids and rely on them to give you um, advice on romance or emotional support or, I mean, these sound like things that you should know. Or to bolster your self-esteem. Or to bolster your self-esteem. That's not what your children are there for. Um, and I just say that from experience of having, you know, some uh, parental authority figures coming to me and telling me things that I shouldn't have known and shouldn't have felt like I was supposed to now help with. Mm -hmm. um, so that's just a side note. I know that everyone kind of has that common sense thing, but it's just something to maybe remember. It is a nice little... Reminder that while they are still learning, anybody under the age of hell, anybody under the age of 25 yeah. is still learning who they are, what they want out of this world, and there's a very good chance that they are just not equipped with the emotional maturity or 
Yeah. Emotional arsenal yeah. that somebody who has already been through hell uh, is going to have. So, yeah. So, yeah, just a quick uh, going back over. Observe yourself and your energy levels. Um, uh, knowing your limitations and boundaries and starting to kind of respect that within your own life. Finding yourself a good core support group that you can turn to when you're going down a depression cycle that may not be your best friend or your family member. Um, just some things to remember. Mm-hmm. And then also try a routine, a little routine, even if it's a tiny little routine in some place in your day that you do every day. Um, it's really helpful. But we also wanted to come to things that helped us this last week. Yes. As, so Chris already talked about yeah, We've already discussed that, like, I did a thing that scared the crap out of me this week. And that, in and of itself, was incredibly beneficial for pulling me out of this stink hole. And I did the same thing. I went to my roommate and I uh, told one of them that, you know, the one that I felt safer discussing this with, said, you know, I think I need to move out by the end of this month. Um, I'm willing to give financial compensation for the time that I will not be finishing out the lease. And they said, to my astonishment, no, that's fine. And we're sorry that this actually didn't end up working out, which was incredibly healing for me. And I was shaking. I don't like confrontation, um, especially with certain people. It scares me. I'm afraid that they're going to laugh at me. Or I think that's the thing that makes certain conflicts more difficult or or more... um, important is when you are scared mm-hmm. that you are going to be put down or that you're not going to be strong enough or that you're not good enough and that's kind of like what you had with the date like she's going to walk out this mm-hmm. like in fear of embarrassment and fear of shame and then I was triumphant and you were triumphant and we did the thing and it, it kind of bolstered us both a little bit yeah. so if you have to do something that's scary if you have to do something that's really big in your mind just know that just even the act of doing it will usually really help you yeah. And if you uh, if you want something also that's helped me in the past. This is kind of a kind of a weird uh, thought, but when you do something that scares you or if you're fair if you're afraid particularly of embarrassing yourself, you have to kind of sit there and think perspective. Is this something that you would be embarrassed about 5 years from now? Is this a memory that's going to haunt you? If the answer is yes, then think about it a little more. Because <laughs> I can assure you, five years ago, I can't remember diddly squat. <laughs> there are things I probably did five years ago that I'd be embarrassed by, and I probably was embarrassed by, but if you ask me now, I remember. <laughs> no way in hell. So... There's always going to be something that's scary or embarrassing, and it's going to have to come down eventually to fuck it. Just yeah. do it. Do it, guys. It's so freeing. It feels so good because you. it's the fear that keeps us from doing cool shit. Yeah. And that's also, once you overcome that fear, you feel real good. Yeah. Real good about yourself. You could be depressed to hell and you do something that was scary you'll for at least a brief beautiful moment <laughs> get some happies yeah get get a little bit of that endorphin rush of just like yeah i did a cool scary thing <laughs> look at that cool scary thing i did well guys thank you so much for listening to this episode we hope that it brought you a couple of interesting thoughts at yeah. the minimum <laughs> 
As for us, follow us on Instagram at Hey Who Podcast. Like our Facebook page. Subscribe to the subreddit. And if you want to send us something directly, go ahead and email mailbag at howareyouholdingup.com. I hope you guys had a beautiful Mother's Day. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, don't, don't tell, tell us, us to just, just get, get over it. it.